1: On News Radio 680
2: WPTF.
0: And I'm Doug Lewis, certified financial planner.
2: And I'm Deborah Lewis, certified financial planner. And we're here to answer your questions for the next hour. Well, Doug, um,
1: we use a, a traditional and comprehensive planning process at Lewis Financial Management. Explain to us about this financial planning process.
0: The financial planning process that we use at Lewis Financial is really designed to cover all your bases. First of all, we follow what has been established by the Certified Financial Planning Board, what's called the CFP Board. We will examine your current situation, we will set financial goals, and we will measure your progress. So, from start to finish, I, as a certified financial planner, will take you through the financial planning process to help you achieve your financial goals.
1: So, to reiterate that, firstly, we examine your current situation. Secondly, we're going to set financial goals that you have established. And thirdly, we're going to measure your progress.
0: Now, in that process, there are six steps. And we're very clear about those six steps. And quite frankly, if you're out there listening tonight and you are dealing with someone or has have met with someone who says he's a financial planner or she's a financial planner, of course, you only want to be dealing with a certified financial planner. But then the first step that they should explain to you and that we explain is to establish the relationship. You as the client and we as your financial planner will explain the financial planning services define each of the responsibilities. Also, along with the compensation, that's how much you will pay us, we'll be discussing how long the professional relationship will last and how to make decisions. So that's the first of six steps, establish the relationship with a certified financial planning professional.
1: Now, the second step to helping create a financial plan is gather your data,
0: and develop your financial goals. That's right. You and the Certified Financial Planner will talk about your current financial situation, gather any necessary documents, and then together you'll define your personal and financial goals, including timeframes. You may also want to discuss your comfort level when it comes to taking financial risks.
1: The third step is analyze and evaluate your financial status.
0: The Certified Financial Planner should consider all aspects of your situation. We certainly do. The situation to determine what you need to do to meet your goals. So this is analyze and evaluate. Depending on what services you've asked for, the Certified Financial Planner may analyze your assets, your liabilities, your cash flow, your current insurance coverage, your investments, or your tax strategies. So this is the third step to analyze and evaluate.
1: Now, the fourth step is that we should review the recommendations that are made. And at Lewis Financial Management, once we make recommendations, we'll go over those financial recommendations, and we explain the rationale so that you can make informed decisions.
0: At this stage, of course, I'll also listen to any concerns that you may have and revise my recommendations, if necessary.
1: And the fifth step is to set the course. To set
0: your course. To set the course.
1: So at Lewis Financial Management, once we um, gather the information and we analyze, um, you know, we set your financial goals and we analyze and we evaluate where you are in your life, looking at all of your assets and your liabilities, your cash flow, your insurance, your investments, and your tax strategies. Then we make recommendations, right?
0: We do, but the recommendations are just made. We don't implement them just yet. Because then the fifth step is to set your course, and that's when we need to agree on how the recommendations are going to be carried out. I may carry out the recommendations for you or with you. I may serve as your coach. I may coordinate with uh, you and other professionals. If you want me to bring in an attorney to go ahead and implement estate recommendations, all of that is setting the course, which is the fifth step. But the sixth step is the benchmarking. We need to benchmark your progress against the goals that you've established. So as you work towards your goals, You and we, as certified financial planners, will need to decide who's going to monitor your progress to make sure you're staying on track. If we're in charge, then we'll check in from time to time. We'll have uh, set review periods to see how you're doing and make adjustments. And those are the six steps that the real financial planning process is practiced at Lewis Financial Management.
1: Well, Doug, no matter where you are in life, our clients and our listeners have found That working with us at Lewis Financial Management, we're able to deliver the highest standard of financial planning service to make sure that you are on the right track. So as you said earlier, Doug, from planning for retirement or saving for college, we are trained to help you develop a comprehensive strategy to reach your short-term goals as well as your long-term financial planning goals.
0: I recently took a, a look back through the years and a quick summary, and I found out that we had had I had had over ten thousand face-to-face appointment interviews with clients, and they are always in one stage or another. Either they're starting out, or settling down, or entering midlife, or near retirement, or enjoying retirement. So, the goal is always that. Uh, they and, and even the term retirement, I don't like it as much as financial independence because some of my clients have met that goal, which we call retirement, but really is financial independence, have met it in their late 40s or early 50s and others reach it in their late 60s. But the goal at that time is to enjoy retirement.
1: It certainly is. It's time to enjoy The fruits of your labor. And that means that you have more free time with friends, more free time with family and hobbies, but you don't want to cancel plans with your advisor. No. So you need to keep checking in, right? You do. Financial planning is a dynamic process and your financial planning goals may evolve over the years due to shifts in your lifestyle or circumstances such as an inheritance, maybe a relative passed away and you inherited some money. Um, you know, we I think we had that recently. Uh, some a family um, had a favorite aunt, or that uh, this family inherited their aunt's IRA. Just out of the blue, it was a surprise.
0: Total surprise. Nobody <laughs> knew it was coming.
1: Or there may be, you know, mom or dad pass away and you inherit the farm. Or maybe you inherit some stock. Others have experienced career changes. Still others have entered into marriage. And for those that are widowed, maybe it's a second marriage. Or maybe you have a house purchase or you have a growing family. So as you begin to consider how best to manage your financial future, You should feel confident that knowing that working with a certified financial planner, you're receiving the highest
2: standard of financial planning service. This is Deborah Lewis, certified financial planner at Lewis Financial Management. Our number at the office is 919-872-7000. Call me at 919-872-7000.
0: Andy, this is Doug Lewis, Certified Financial Planner.
2: Deborah Lewis, Certified Financial Planner.
0: How can we help you this evening?
2: Hello. Oh, Hello. there you are.
0: Can you speak up a little bit, Andy? We can't hear you I'm quite. Sorry, can you hear me now? Oh, that's much better. Sorry about that. Yeah, how can uh, we help you this evening?
3: Uh well, a couple of things, guys, and I want to say thanks because 'cause I've learned so much over the years from this program every Sunday night, and, and I have just started doing a Saturday night program as well, so thank you for that. Well you're welcome.
1: Oh, thank you, Andy.
3: Um, so the first question is this. Um, so uh, I am in the process right now of pretty much paying down all of my revol- my debt and outstanding debt outside of my mortgage. Okay. Okay. And so what I'm trying to do is I'm in the last leg or two of it, and I wanted to get some feedback from you. So I have an employee stock purchase plan. All right. I take 15% out of my paycheck. I get paid twice a month and it's in the the employee stock purchase plan is basically set up such that in six-month increments that they'll take the, for example, the stock price on June 1st and then November 30th at the end of six months. Whichever one is lower at the end of that six-month period, they take 15% off the top, and that's what I pay for my per share price. So I can either be sitting really good or at a minimum make 15% right away. All right. Um, what I've done though, so because I have, I, you know, I work in the biotech industry, so I, I'm in the pro, I'm, I need to lower my percentages uh, in terms of my company stock. I know that, but my question is this for you. So I need to take about twelve thousand dollars in stock that is in several different tax lots, and this is post-tax money, obviously. Do you have a recommend date? Because some of the stock that I have bought, I'll be selling at a loss. Some has, is about even. Some is a little bit of a profit. Do you, the first question I have, and I have another one after this, is do you have some guidance on which tax lot would I want to sell to essentially use that money to apply towards paying off some debt?
0: Well, let me get a few more facts. How old are you, Andy? 51. You're 51. Are you married or single?
3: Married, two kids.
0: Married, two kids. And your income? About, about 130. 130. Your wife's income?
3: She just started working part time so that's nominal all
0: right, so the family income is one hundred and thirty thousand, and you have two children at home mm-hmm. What are your expenses on uh what does it cost to support the the four of y'all
3: uh we're probably looking at somewhere in the neighborhood of let's see between the mortgage i haven't i haven't gotten a, the granularity that I should based on listening to your program but if I had to ballpark it i'd probably say i'm looking at about uh, Five thousand a month,
0: so about sixty thousand a year. Your expenses, and of course, that leaves seventy thousand left over. Some of that goes out for taxes, of course. Uh, what does your investment portfolio look like? What do you have right now in investments that's not in your retirement plan?
3: So uh, pretty much out, and I'm 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 four hundred one k heavy, and from your guidance before, I know that I'm light on the post tax investments. But I have about. Sixty-five thousand right now in this employee stock purchase plan.
0: Is that the only investment you have no, that's after no, tax? No. Oh,
3: and I have um, I have like a money market account with about fifteen grand. That's kind of a rainy day fund. If I lose my job, what have you? Right. Um, and then I also have about another five thousand in individual stocks.
0: Okay. So on the other side, the qualified money, the four hundred one k and IRAs. What do you have over there?
3: If I add up the. The self-directed IRA, which is former 401k, and a couple of pension pieces that would come to me, I'm probably looking at somewhere in the neighborhood of 425000
2: Give us a call during the week at Lewis Financial Management. Make an appointment to sit down face-to-face and discuss your, your situation. The number at our office during the week is 919 That's Lewis Financial Management, 919 872
0: and break apart the 401k and the IRA in in ballpark there.
3: So the self-directed IRA that I have um which used to be 401k money from previous
0: employers right. uh,
3: 325.
0: All right, so okay. that 325 you rolled over which leaves you with about your present 401k you've got about 100,000 in it.
3: Well, the 100,000 is my present 401k. Right, right. And also, I have some money that's uh, pay, small pensions from two previous employers that I'll get paid when I retire.
0: Okay. So now, uh, and you're in the process of paying down debt. Yes, sir. What's the debt from other than the mortgage?
3: So I have about, uh, I consolidated some card debt, which is about ten grand, And then I have another 2000 which uh, I had to replace the air conditioning system. So that's on a store card that I've been paying down.
0: So on those debts that you're paying down. Do so you know that's what the, the twelve inter-
2: yeah, that's the twelve thousand you were speaking of. But it seems to get
0: rid of them. Yeah, I'm seems trying seems to figure out why you're small. doing what you're doing. Yeah. Um
2: well, how much is okay. So do you own
3: your home? Yeah. Yes, okay. I own it and I probably got about a hundred and sixty thousand in equity. I have about a hundred and sixty mortgage right okay. now left.
0: So so back back to the the the, the broad picture first of what you've got, all right. You've got almost ninety percent of well maybe eighty percent of your investments are in pre tax dollars which means at the time that you retire, that's when you'll be paying the highest tax.
3: Correct. And that's, and that's why right now I'm, I'm currently only putting like 2%. Because my, my 401k match is very poor with this current employer, which is why I'm only doing the employee stock purchase plan, and I'm doing just a nominal 2% into my 401k.
0: Because they match you at 2%, is that right?
3: Well, they'll match half of that Yeah, that, the, yeah, the 1%.
0: So there, if fifty cents on the dollar, up to the up to there, up to two percent. Yes, I got it. Okay, now this purchase that you're buying. So the big thing when I look at your world, and I say, "Whoa, this guy's got a big problem." Everything is over there inside of qualified accounts, which when he does retire, he's going to end up paying double tax on. Of if he if he'd had it over on the other side. But you're telling me on the other side, you don't really have anything other than stock in one company right and, and I, I recognize the exposure and, right? and yeah at the same time you're telling me you've got an emergency fund of 15,000 for the day you get fired from this company so you're, you you recognize the huge risk of investing in your own company your time why are you giving them more than your time I would definitely not be investing in company stock at all.
3: Well, the only, the only, and I think where my mindset is changing right now because I was just trying to get one thing done at a time, it's important to me for my own mental sanity and fiscal plan that I want to get all the revolving debt outside of my mortgage paid for. And so then, because I'm 51, I want to start saving aggressively because I feel like if there's any way I can retire at 65, I want to. Um, and that's why I once I pay this off, this debt, I want to basically, basically stop it. Putting money in my four hundred and one k, and I'm just going to put start putting huge amounts of money in post tax. Okay,
0: so here, all right, so here, here's what my advice is. Number one, uh, what was the term you said for your own mental? What was the term you used? Mental sanity. Your mental <laughs> sanity. All right, you have a pen near you. Yes, sir. Okay, write down nine one nine eight seven two seven thousand. That's nine one nine. USA 7000 that's my office you need to schedule a meeting to meet with me and i'm going to deal with your mental sanity your fiscal sanity for also because this is what you need is you need proper advice and, and it's the pre first part, retirement planning yeah, advice yeah, it's pre retirement advance planning is ideal. you want financial independence you're taking money that could be growing in a predictable way at a higher rate than to, to pay off this debt here and you're just delaying.
2: If you want an idea of how much your benefits will, in fact, be subject to taxes, call Lewis Financial Management, set an appointment to meet face-to-face, call during the week at 919-872-7000. That's 919-872-7000.
0: That, that would not be the way I would do it. That's number one. Number two, of course, I would never be investing in my own company. Uh, that That's wrong. So... There are a number of things. So, if you ask me, do I have a priority of which ones to pay? You've already found out that some of this, of investing in your own company, sometimes is a lose because you said some of the stocks are at a loss already. Yeah. So, you've already seen the lesson that it's a bad deal. There's no guarantee you can make money at all waiting for that 15% uh, carrot they put in front of you. Well, so, here's
3: the thing, though. Here's the thing, though. If I, if I would follow your advice, though, because no matter what, I automatically will make fifteen percent on my money because I could sell the stock day one when I when it's turned over to me at the end of every six months. I will at a minimum make fifteen percent on my money because I will get I will get the stock purchased at a price fifteen percent lower. Than the lower of two prices at the beginning. I,
0: I understand that. I've had clients tell me that since the 1980s when IBM offered the same thing. Okay, the only difference is they changed their policy of when you could turn around and liquidate it. But that's you're still betting. You're speculating. You're taking your whole future right. financial it's, independence. It's not. Don't do
2: it, Andy. Here's what it is. It's it's that should be in addition to already having. And this is why we we would encourage you to call, come in so we could talk specifics. Is a real plan on how to have. Real real, diversified investments that are out there. Just in the world of, let's just take any type, mutual funds, there's over 8,500 and you're not accessing any of them. So, a couple hours of financial planning of advice and you would see that there's a whole bunch more. Even if you decided to purchase stock, that's fine, but that's not the only thing that's available to you. And you are right. You need to be aggressively accumulating on the non-retirement side.
0: And then you see once we once you're in front of us and we've got real numbers, we're going to be able to project for you when you will be able to retire, when when you'll be able to be right. financially independent, because we can put some true projections there. You can't put a projection on how much uh, you're going to make on this. This 15% can disappear the next day the market drops. So that's not a way that you project. You don't project your future based on how much one stock is going to go or it up. Or it
2: seems It seems a very aggressive way to start a personal portfolio. So so here's what I would say is um, definitely give us a call at 919-872-7000. This is where where everyone begins is with an advice session. So it won't be about products. It won't be about that. It'll be, hey, how do we get you, Andy, with your particulars to your estimated date of 65 when you really want to retire with real firm numbers? If you haven't met with a certified financial planner, call me, Deborah Lewis at Lewis Financial Management. 919-872-7000. It might be the most important call that you make this year. 919-872-7000.
0: Yeah, I would would not recommend, when you, you wanted to know which stocks to sell, I would not have you sell any of them. My advice is don't sell any of them. You don't have capital gains anywhere in anything else to offset it very much. So I would leave the stock there and just stop buying it and I would not worry about paying down that debt. I would worry more about having a plan.
3: Hmm. Okay, I guess, well, that, then that's the discussion because I'm, I'm, I'm struggling with, because even if the company, i like, go put it this way, I'm in the process, I'm, I, am, I am selling off this individual stock because of my exposure. You know, I still have a belief in my employer, so I'm going to keep a small position, but certainly not what I have right now. And, um, but I... I guess I guess I I'll put it this way, I don't want to eat up too much airtime. I'll uh, it's probably beneficial to have a time. All right.
0: Okay, well yeah, well I I'm really eager to go in and speak to you about some of your own personal world and stuff that you can't discuss on the air because I really think that you're 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 a perfect candidate for financial planning and you're right there, you're still in your fifties, you're not in your seventies, you've got time in front of you.
1: Right. And I want to just say, um, you know, I commend you that you've accumulated what you have. Not a lot, though. I know. And it could be more. And I think with, you know, doing comprehensive financial planning, as Deborah and Doug have said, I think, and then having your wife also in the picture, you know, so that you're both on the same page about planning for financial independence and future retirement, and you know i think you would benefit from coming in for a session i really i yeah, really believe the
0: result of the session the session that we have together may be okay let's go ahead and liquidate sell all the stock wipe out what the gains some of the gains with some of the losses and reposition it but that i wouldn't even recommend that until after we look at the broader picture
2: yeah. now andy you had said that there were this was one of two questions yeah the other so
3: the other one briefly and again you know i'm sure that the answer to this question would depend on the individual in front of you but i have so my investments that i have right now my accounts that i have are in general with my wife i don't have any trusts set up everything is joint tenants with right of survivorship
4: mm-hmm.
3: and then uh and then beyond that the secondary beneficiaries are my two daughters um so i know one of the things that i need to do is to think about maybe a trustee or something like that if something to have before the kids are of age legal age but in general, do you recommend without knowing the end of the particular nuances which can change the, the recommendation, joint tenant with right of survivorship for couples?
0: Well, yeah, your wife's got it, but you but you can't but you're only talking about the 65,000 in your home. you don't there's no such thing as joint tenancy on an IRA or a 401k. Oh, that's just a
3: beneficiary. beneficiary. Yeah, that's
0: a straight yeah. beneficiary. But and, yes, to answer and the question, you wouldn't you wouldn't leave it to your daughters because they pay tax. You want to leave it to your wife for sure. So that's out of the equation. For the rest of the stuff that you've got, the home and the sixty five thousand and the money market, uh, yeah, that that doesn't matter. It's yeah. it it it's not an issue.
2: But you bring up a good point, which is, do we answer questions specifically when clients come in? To give advice on estate planning, ownership, there really is nothing that we don't because we are experts on multi, multiple disciplines. So while this is not a specific investment question for you and other listeners, it might have been brought up in your mind, hey, do they know about how we should own our assets? Why, yes, we do.
3: Why have you drawn driving? up a will? I, I I have done the uh, the online speedy version, but I, oh. I always thought I should come to a financial planner before I go to a
2: lawyer. Well, good. Surprised. Give us a call at 919-872-7000. We look forward to meeting with you. Thanks, guys. Thanks, okay. okay. Andy. Have a great week. I was wondering,
1: what is the advantage of doing a charitable remainder trust versus a reverse annuity
0: mortgage? Yeah, and, and, and I, I'm glad you put it that way, Linda, because... In both cases, they're designed to help people who are what we call land-rich, cash-poor. Right. And through the years, we have helped many, many clients walk down this decision tree and actually implement the tree, uh, implement the strategy, either one or both. So let's consider them slowly. If, for example, you have a home, as many people do, as the largest asset that you own— but you don't have enough money to live on because your wealth has been accumulating in the in your residence as it's gone up in value. Okay, so the, the reverse annuity mortgage program is a government-backed ba- uh, program that says you can go ahead and instead of taking out a mortgage on your home and borrowing, having to make payments back, instead what happens is the, the program lets the bank take temporary control of your home. They don't own the home. But it's like security. It's like collateral. And instead, the bank now starts making payments to you. And they make these payments all the way until a certain thing happens. Number one, you might move out of your home and into a nursing home. Or you might go ahead and want to sell your home or move in with your children or whatever, at the time that the home is going to be no longer uh, occupied, at that time, the bank now wants to be repaid what they have been sending you. So uh, several things can happen. Your children, let's say you passed away, your children can say, how much did... You send my mom and dad, and they can go ahead and pay that back to the bank, and then they own the home if they want. Or the children can say, well, we don't want to really deal with this, so the bank will say, we'll sell the home and get ourselves paid back. Pay pay back the loan. And That's right. And then the balance goes to you, the heirs, the kids. So it really works out very nicely because it's designed to help people whose wealth is tied up in their home. It can give them a monthly check, like you said, uh, to Dan, very much like an annuity that comes in. I remember
1: we had uh, one client that it was very useful because she had become a widow mm -hmm. and she just wanted to do some renovations around the home. But she she didn't want to deplete her cash. So I think she had, like, a a certain amount that came to her
0: that she could take on a monthly basis. She had two choices. You're remembering uh, fairly well, Lynn. She had two choices, and they do. The Reverse Annuity Mortgage Program gives you the option to— uh, take it as a lump. A lump, yes. And make renovations or whatever you want, or take it on a monthly basis and so forth. That was the way, that was the initial question she came to me for, and we did work it out to where she took it on a monthly basis so that it would never stop.
2: This is Deborah Lewis of Lewis Financial Management. Call us at 919 872 7000 to speak about your situation and to set up an appointment. 919 872 7000.
0: Okay, so let's compare the reverse annuity mortgage to the charitable trust, and I want to make sure that the listeners know uh, that the reverse annuity mortgage has nothing to do with annuities. We don't actually gen. We we we. It's rare that we will ever recommend an annuity to a client. There are some cases we have, but annuities we usually dislike. This is called an annuity because it pay. The bank is paying you. All right. So that's the reverse annuity mortgage called the RAMS. How about the charitable trust? It also is designed to help people who are land-rich, cash-poor. Now, here the story is not the home. Here the story is maybe there's the farm. An appreciated asset. Some big appreciated assets. So uh, a big tract of land, some large land or real estate asset which, for example, again, a, a, a house at the beach. A house at the beach or what You know,
1: many, many of our seniors, maybe they had a, a house out at Bald Head or Hilton Head or wherever, and they just don't get there enough.
0: So what's happened there, maybe they bought it for 200000 and it's gone up through the years to where it's worth a million dollars. So on their financial statement, they see a million-dollar asset, but it's doing nothing for them. And again, they are land-rich, cash-poor. So here, the charitable trust can work out very beautifully because here we create a trust. Now, the trust is going to own this property at the beach, let's say. But the trustee is the crucial player here. So the trustee is going to be you yourself. So you yourself set up a trust and you yourself name yourself as the trustee and you yourself transfer the deed from your property to this trust and then this trust starts paying you no oh, then the trust then sells the house the place at the beach for the million dollars and instead of paying $300,000 in capital gains taxes and ending up with 700,000, the trust sells the house for the entire million dollars and pays no taxes. The reason that you can go ahead and sell the house, tax or sell the 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 the, the place at the beach tax free is because again, just like in the reverse annuity mortgage, there's an end game here, and the end game happens when you die. Now, what's happened here is you've said that at the end, after I and my wife die, we're willing to say whatever is left in this trust will go to some sort of a charity or family foundation. But until that point, we want to have all of the income in this trust come to me and my wife as a monthly payment for the rest of our lives.
2: If you need help, call me, Deborah Lewis, 919-872-7000. 919-872-7000.
0: So now maybe you're 65 years old and there's... 30 years more of your life, you've sold this property for a million dollars, you paid zero tax on it, and the trustee is you, so you've never lost control. And now you as the trustee reinvest that million dollars into income-producing investments like mutual funds or real estate investment trusts or whatever, and then you as the trustee pay to yourself a monthly income for the rest of your lives, you also name a successor trustee, maybe one of your children, one of your friends. So if you get too old, take care of yourself. But this whole thing goes for the rest of your lives. And now you've turned this into an income producer. And again, the question is, what happens at the end? At the end here, it will go to some charitable entity maybe NC State University or maybe to a family foundation or maybe to your local uh, church Tammy, or synagogue Tammy or foundation. Tammy Lynn Foundation.
1: Note in the pocket. So or, we,
0: have done, yeah, we have done many Green of these. The, I think the first one of these charitable trusts we ever did, Linda, was with your mother back in 1990. Yes, And it we worked did. out wonderfully. It, it lasted it was all of her life.
1: Exactly. It was definitely a win-win situation because uh, there are many folks out there that have either inherited an appreciated asset such as a farm or a track of land or maybe, as we said, the beach house, appreciated stock, whatever the asset may be, it has to be unencumbered. There can be no debt, but it is an excellent strategy. It is a sophisticated strategy. So it's important to work with an expert in a with a certified financial planner that can advise you on all the moving parts of this uh, win-win situation, so
2: to speak. This is Deborah Lewis. Our number at the office is 919-872-7000. 919-872-7000.
0: This is Doug Lewis. Julie, how can I help you this evening? Hi,
2: Doug. How are you?
0: How are you, Julie? I'm
4: fine. Um, I am a, a financial novice. I have no idea really about investments and that sort of thing. I do have a 401k plan through work and mm-hmm. I do have some stop o- stock options through work that I've just recently begun purchasing. Um,
0: you purchasing options?
4: Well, maybe I'm not saying the right thing, but I'm buying stock through work.
0: Oh, you're in a stock purchase plan.
4: Oh, okay. Okay. okay.
0: An sensible. option is the right to buy stock, but you're actually buying the stock probably at a discount.
4: Probably so. We have a small home that we would like to eventually turn over and, and buy a better home and also we're, we've got two young boys that within the next 10 years will be going to college and I'd like to, to do something about building up our financial base so that we can do some of the things that we want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think what we need is somebody to sit down with with some no-nonsense ideas that, that can maybe set us straight. Mm-hmm. Um, does your company offer that sort of advice or...
0: Yeah. That's what we do for a living. As a matter of fact, that's we're, we're financial planners and we sit down and we take a look at your income Mm -hmm. and we look at your assets. That means everything you own. And we look at your liabilities. That's everything you owe. What else do we do, Linda?
1: Uh, We look at the tax returns, Mm -hmm. federal and state, the most current ones that you have. Right. And then the last thing is uh, your living expenses.
0: That's the most important one. And then we then we try and figure out what are your goals? Mm-hmm. For example, you mentioned education to boys. Right. That's the college education plan.
4: Right.
0: And we got to find out, how, by the way, how old are the kids?
4: Um, They're eight and 10.
0: You have an eight and a 10. So you have basically eight years on one and 10 years on the other. Right. And then we also have to go ahead and look at your retirement. We look at uh, fin- what we call financial independence. And in both of those cases, we target a future dollar figure. In Mm -hmm. other words, we have to find out how much will you need to pay for the college education. And then we back into the next step of how much you need to set aside on a regular monthly basis now to make sure that you have enough to reach that point then. Mm -hmm. Same thing with retirement. And then sometimes we'll take a look at the expenses and find out if, in other words, if you don't have enough to reach those goals, then we have to find out where you need to cut back because it's a matter of just making your decisions how to get to the right place that you want to get to. Right.
1: Doug, isn't an emergency fund an important thing at the beginning?
0: Before we do the asset allocation model, we have to establish an emergency fund. So if your question, uh, Julie, is what does a financial planner and a financial planning firm do, then that's exactly what they do. They identify your needs and your goals. They analyze. It's a six-step process, actually, Uh but they analyze where you're at now, what you have, how much it will take to get where you want to go, and will you make it, and then makes recommendations how to go ahead and get there, what to do, and so forth. And that process is usually a non-sales. It should be a non-sales process. It should be a process which is designed towards the advice. I
4: see.
1: Julie, I can send you a packet of information if you'd like to call the office uh, during the week. And our number is 8727000 here in Raleigh. And nice, be I'll, I'll be happy to send you a sort of an introductory packet that gives you some information that I think you would find very helpful and interesting to read mm-hmm. as far as establishing some goals and, and getting some direction.
4: All right. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate the time.
0: Thank you for calling, Julie. righty. bye right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye now.
1: Well, Doug, what else is new in the world of planning? And there was an interesting
0: wealth. article. Yeah, there was an interesting article on the 10 best ways for building wealth in today's economy. I thought it was interesting because building the wealth that you need to meet life's challenges requires imagination, focus, discipline, time, and the process is more complex than ever before because the economy has become so volatile. And the task itself could look daunting, but your odds of success are a lot better if. People follow these steps. And, of course, the first step is you have to develop a plan.
1: Yes, that's true. What are the results that you want to achieve? Also, you need to identify your values, your priorities, and your dreams. Then you work backwards so that you can have a plan with the ultimate goal firmly in focus. Make sure that your goals are realistic and attainable and that you've identified the potential challenges, consequences, and risks that you might face in the future.
0: You know, Lynn, one of the free books that we give away to clients that come for their first meeting in our office is called The Middle Class Millionaire. And I think it was last year I did a survey of how many clients have come to us through the years that became middle-class millionaires following exactly our advice, which again is this same methodology of developing a plan, number one, and then number two, executing the plan. Executing your plan. Creating a plan is one thing, but executing the plan is something very else. Your investment should be customized to your needs, so you don't want to compare your investment portfolio to those of your friends. Wanting what other people can have what other people have actually is never going to get you what you ultimately need. So that's the second step: execute your plan.
1: Um, Thirdly, establish a pay-yourself-first plan. And yes, it's a cliche, but it is also true. If you have the opportunity to participate in your workplace savings plan, then maximize your contributions before you take any pay for yourself. And there are good reasons for paying yourself Firstly, employers often match a percentage of your contributions, and it's free money, so you need to take advantage of it. Now, Doug, as far as the match, what is your advice there?
0: Yeah, it's, I've, I've had two types, of, two types of clients that have come, To some, shockingly, do not contribute to their 401k plan, even when there is a match, and I point out to them, they've been throwing away free money. So that's one type of client, and I say you have to go ahead and sign up for that. But then there's the other type of client that comes in and is contributing more than the match. I think we had one last week who was contributing 15%, and the match stopped at 6%. So at that point, you want to stop contributing at the match limit. So if the employer matches up to 6% of your salary, then you should stop at six. You contribute up to (laughs) six, but you don't stop or pay yourself first. What you do is the rest of that that you were able to put in there, you put that into a non-401K investment, like a regular mutual fund outside of retirement. So So you do want to pay yourself first, but you want to be doing it both inside and outside of retirement plans.
1: So you have a retirement portfolio and you have a personal portfolio. Right. Working with a certified financial planner at Lewis Financial Management, we can look at your 401k and whatever your investments are to make sure that you have a proper asset allocation and that you are doing a proper
2: pay-yourself-first plan. If you hear something tonight that sounds like your situation... Call us. Set up an appointment. We can help you. 919-872-7000. 919-872-7000. Fourthly, don't be too conservative.
0: Yeah, with today's low interest rates, it makes no sense to invest all of your money in savings bonds or bank accounts or CDs. You're simply not going to be able to build up true wealth. You have to take some risks, and you have to learn to be comfortable with those risks. Investing in a properly diversified portfolio can help you strive for higher returns while also limiting some of the risks of the market. And that way, when the market drawdowns occur, you're taking advantage of rebalancing your portfolio. Now, the fifth, of course, is you don't want to go the other way. You don't want to swing for the fences. Get-rich schemes are just ways to lose money quickly. I've seen so many sad clients that have come to me through the years who have bit on some sort of get-rich-quick scheme, whether it was flipping real estate or buying into oil wells or so many of them through the years that I I have to always advise clients, get-rich schemes are just ways to lose money quickly. For every great business investment, there are five that fail. And if you hear someone say he has a can't-fail investment, then be skeptical. Be very skeptical. All right, now, the six way for you to go ahead and build wealth in today's economy is to pay attention to the little things because over time they add up. Make your own coffee instead of stopping at the gourmet coffee shop. Prepare your lunch at home and bring it to work. All these little things, they do matter. You can have fun and still limit your spending. Invite your friends over instead of going out. A special romantic dinner can be more meaningful when you make it together at home. You know it's your life, but do pay attention to the little things. Can you
1: read that last point again?
0: (laughs) A special romantic dinner can be more meaningful when you make it together at home. Yeah, we usually have a lot of those, don't we? (laughs) Well, I don't make it. You make it.
1: (laughs) I know. I always make it. Or if I don't make it, I make sure that... I get it brought oh, home. <laughs> I make,
0: but I make the coffee.
2: <laughs> this is Deborah Lewis of Lewis Financial Management. Call us at nine one nine eight seven two seven thousand to set up an appointment to speak about your situation. nine one nine eight seven two seven thousand. Doug, and you definitely ha- need to have fun along the way.
0: Oh, fun is <laughs> so what it's all about. Actually, making saving a family affair becomes important. We have clients now that want to know how do we educate our children. Uh, to go ahead and do the same thing. We have children at the young ages with the younger clients. We have children at the older ages when it's multi-generational financial planning, when they are uh, children now in their 40s and 50s concerned about taking care of their parents. So the family affair is very important. But I would say the eighth step is the most important And that's to get professional advice. I agree. Only a certified financial planner can really help you clarify your goals, identify gaps in your financial life. He'll help you construct your personalized, comprehensive financial plan that takes into account your cash flow, your assets, your savings, your insurance needs, while still keeping in mind your goals for retirement, your estate, and even the legacy that you hope to pass on.
1: An expert help, you know, you you might need to consider that there will be a cost, but good advice more than pays for itself.
0: Well, yeah, you know, I'm not going to do it for free, and I don't think anybody would want me to do it for free. They want to know that they're paying for advice. They're not getting a sales pitch. They're paying for, but advice, good advice is worth it. Just like when you pay to have a proper trust round drawn up by your attorney. Uh, So accept the fact that you're going to pay for good advice, but it's going to really be worth it. And And
1: the the ninth step is revisit your plan. Of course, life isn't static and neither is your plan. So your needs and your goals may change over time. And there certainly will be some inevitable bumps in the road and some unexpected developments and detours. So at times, you'll need to reevaluate your financial strategy and make some adjustments.
2: And if you need advice, call me during the week, 919-872-7000, 919-872-7000.
0: Well, Bill, this is Doug Lewis with Money Matters. How can I help you this evening?
4: Uh, yeah, I was curious
3: about whether it would be uh, you know wiser to go ahead and, and pay cash on purchasing a house or whether it'd be better to take out a mortgage and invest that money elsewhere.
0: Well, it depends on your situation, Bill. How old are you? Uh,
3: about 39.
0: 39. Are you married or a single? Single. You're single. And how about your income? How much are you earning? Uh, mid-30s. $30,000 range. Single. Right. What do, you, what do you have in the way of your personal investment portfolio right now, Bill?
3: Oh, uh, all, really, all, all the money is in mutual funds, money market accounts. How much
0: do you have in mutual funds? Uh.
3: Not including the IRA and four hundred
0: one. No, no, just your personal, your non-qualified portfolio. Uh,
3: probably about sixty thousand.
0: Sixty thousand in mutual funds. And how much do you have in cash and CDs and money market? Uh, about the same. About sixty thousand in cash. And is that your? Is that all that you've got in your personal non-qualified investment portfolio? Yes. All right. Now, what about your qualified money? IRAs, pension, profit sharing
3: in the neighborhood
0: of $100,000. All right, so you've got 100000 in qualified money and you've got 120000 in non-qualified. Single return. Are you making any substantial t- uh, charitable deductions? No. Well, really, you've got a problem there, Bill. Your income isn't all that high for a joint return, but on a single return, you could use more deduction. And if you go ahead and leverage your home, then you're going to get one of the two major... What, what, what's the price of the home that you're, that you're looking at buying, Bill? Uh, about $85,000. $85,000 home. Well, if you take a 90% mortgage on that, you're going to get... What's that? About a $70,000, $75,000 mortgage. Right. Then you'll get two, two, two bangs for your buck, if you will. Number one, yes, you'll be able to go ahead and only put down $8,500 or $9,000 cash... Which would leave the balance to be working for you towards retirement, towards financial independence. But of course, you'll get the other bang for your buck that you'll be reducing your taxes and giving yourself more discretionary income, which is basically uh, um, a, a second benefit to you at your tax bracket. I would think. Yeah. So I think you should. I think you should finance it. I would take the mortgage, not buy for cash. What are your living expenses, Bill? 1,500. Well, the way we compute this, Bill, you take, if it's 1,500, and you want to do a living expense needs analysis first to make sure that you know that you've got the number. Take your monthly expenses and also take your non-monthly expenses like vacations and travel and clothes and things like that and get an annual number. Now, let's say that we end up, if it were 1,500, of course, then we're talking that would be times 12, that'd be an $18,000 need base. And we, if we were divided that by eight percent, let's say, then we'd be talking about a two hundred thousand dollar or two hundred and twenty thousand dollar capital base to support you. Right. Mm-hmm. That's the goal towards which you want to be moving. When you've reached that point, and that's what we do in financial planning, we quantify the living expense need, and then we go forward to the point in time that your capital base can produce enough income to support you, irrespective of your uh, of your earned income when you've reached that point then all of your, your 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 investment income can be reinvesting but at least you're in a position to where if something happens you're not dependent upon that income it looks like that you could be fairly close to it within a couple of years okay. your ira with 100,000 that money should ha- you should have no more than 10,000 per fund or per investment because that's a that, that's a $10,000 unit size what i would target and the same thing for your qualified for your non-qualified monies I would go ahead and stay no larger or smaller than 10000 per unit. Mm-hmm.
1: If you have any further questions or if we can be of any further assistance, um, you can call our office at 872 7, in the Raleigh area, and we'll be happy to do what we can to assist you.
0: Hope that helps, Bill. Okay, yeah, it does. All right, thank All you right. for calling. Thank you. Bye. All right, bye-bye now.
1: Well, what else is new in the world of uh,
2: investment planning? Well, Doug, Linda, I saw an outstanding article that I thought that I would um, bring to tonight's conversation in regard to index funds. Because many people will often say just, you know, off the cuff, well, buy index funds because they're cheaper. And, of course, we don't recommend that. We recommend look always at the manager because so many times you can buy actively
0: managed funds that are cheap. Yeah, this is. I'm. I, I'm really glad somebody finally attacked it and the bubble popped the bubble because frugal investors often assume that index funds are going to save them money, but that is not always the case. On average, index tracking funds are indeed a lot cheaper than funds whose managers select individual securities, but not always. There are cases where you have index funds that are expensive for the type of exposure they're offering. And obviously, there are also actively managed funds that are very cheap. So, and that, by the way, is the viewpoint of Morningstar, that you don't te- make these generalizations.
2: That's right. There was one that was referenced in this article that had a 1.5% uh, expense ratio. Wow. And the mutual fund, is, but then they were giving their reasoning as to they being the fund company themselves, said that the fund is more expensive than some index funds because it is, quote, priced twice daily and designed for tactical fund traders, end quote. Well, number one, average everyday investors are not tactical fund traders, so this is much more specialized, and it's also making it much more expensive. Another one was quoted as having... Um, screened for environmental and social governance criteria. So that fund's custom index with its, quote, extensive screening process, end quote, is one of the factors that makes it more expensive. Um, So these are not the typical index funds.
0: Well, whether they're the typical index funds or not typical index funds, I am opposed to index funds. Oh, absolutely. Because you're just saying, I don't need a manager. I'll just... Why bother finding somebody who can buy and sell, pick good stocks for me? I don't need someone like a Warren Buffett. I'll just go ahead and see what the market does, and I'll float with the market. So, no, there are about 8,000 mutual funds out there to choose from. And what you should choose should be based on the person or the managers of the fund and looking at their track record. And uh, when you meet with us, that's our job. Our job is to go ahead and help you find the winning managers because – I, uh, you know, your your money matters because your your financial future is at stake and you don't want to just go ahead and float with the markets. That's not the way to plan for your future.
2: That's right. So if this is your question, which fund and fund family should you be looking at? Give us a call during the week, 919-872-7000. This is Lewis Financial Management, and thank you for joining us. And we hope you have a
1: wonderful week. Call us, schedule your appointment and we will be happy to get your questions and schedule your appointment for your comprehensive financial planning. Everyone, have a wonderful week, and we sure enjoyed your company. Lewis Financial Management, 919 Your financial future is at stake.
3: You've been listening to Money Matters with Doug, Linda, and Deborah Lewis. Money Matters provides you with a personal financial hotline on any subject where money really matters. For more information, call Doug, Linda, or Deborah in Raleigh at 919 872 7000 or go to DougAndLinda.com and listen again next Sunday at 6 p.m. for more Money Matters with Doug, Linda, and Deborah Lewis on News Radio.